From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. A comprehensive epilepsy center provides a comprehensive team approach to the diagnosis and treatment of epilepsy. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Harish Babu. He's an assistant professor of neurosurgery, part of Upstate's Comprehensive Epilepsy Center team, and also the director of minimally invasive neurosurgery at Upstate. Welcome to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Babu. Thanks, Amber. It's my pleasure to talk to you on HealthLink. Well, we're going to focus on epilepsy treatment options for adults, but I would first like to have you give us an overview of what epilepsy is. How many people are affected? You know, uh, talking about epilepsy, worldwide, there's about, it's about 65 million people are affected. And in the U.S. alone, that's said to be roughly around 3.4 to 3.5 million people. That comes to about 1 in 26 people. And uh, it's, it's thought that about uh, 150,000 new cases of epilepsy are, are added each year. So that's the, roughly the scope of uh, the epilepsy uh, incidents. In the U.S., at what age does it typically develop? You know, uh, it can develop at any age, but we do see two sort of general peaks. Uh, one is uh, somewhere below thirty years of age, and the other is above sixty-five. And uh, that above sixty-five is largely uh, a testament to uh, people living longer, and uh, that is related to. Uh, increase in stroke and brain tumor that is uh, largely we see in, uh, in the older population. Does this, uh, does epilepsy run in families or is it, um, is it predictable who's going to develop epilepsy? There, there is a, a genetic predisposition to epilepsy in some patients, um, but a vast majority of the epilepsy, uh, we do not think it runs in families. Um, there are genetic epilepsies, but they are not the most common ones we see, uh, we see in, in, in the in community. So typically speaking, how do most people learn that they have epilepsy? Yeah. So usually they, they go to their primary doctor or maybe a neurologist. Um, they, they have a symptom of sometimes they, they, you know, the blackout or they lose consciousness or sometimes they just have a frank epilepsy seizure, which is, you know, um, moving their arms and legs without, without having consciousness. Uh, and that gets them to the hospital, or, or as I said, it could be simply they, they blank out, they space out, so to say, and that gets them uh, to the medical attention. And when their primary doctors, uh, you know, work them up, they notice that they might have epilepsy. So once there's the suspicion, how is epilepsy diagnosed in a person? Yeah, it, it, uh, it is. There is no blood test to diagnose uh, an epilepsy or a seizure disorder, uh, as in lots of other diseases. Epilepsy is an electrical, abnormal electrical activity of the brain. So, there, so some tests has to be done related to that. And routinely what we do is something called as an EEG, an electroencephalogram. That in, in plain English, that means uh, studying the brain activity. And uh, the, when you have an epilepsy, uh, the brain activity looks different compared to a normal brain activity. And that is the most common way to diagnose an epilepsy is change in the brain activity 
while doing an EEG test. Uh, these are routinely done in a, in a neurologist's office on a big hospital or an epilepsy center like at the upstate. So if somebody has one seizure and they're suspected to have epilepsy, uh, I mean, is one seizure enough for the diagnosis? If you do an EEG and you, you see changes in their brain, does that mean that they're diagnosed with it, they have epilepsy? Sure. So there are there is some confusion about, about the terminologies in terms of seizure and epilepsy. Now, a seizure is an event. A seizure is an abnormal um, synchronous or a collective discharge of the brain cells. It is like a storm in your brain, an electrical storm in your brain. Epilepsy, on the other hand, is when you have repeatedly, when you have these seizures, that's when you call epilepsy. So seizure is an event and epilepsy is a disease. I see. Yeah. So so um, when you say that, you know, uh, is there something that, that uh, causes seizures or something? Um, when it is not something that that you can easily say that something specifically has caused a seizure or an epilepsy, um, one seizure does not lead to an epilepsy. A single seizures are common. Uh, any insult to the brain, any trauma to the brain can result in a seizure. Does not generally mean that has to that will become epilepsy. Um, in the younger age group, in the kids, seizures are common, uh, but that does not mean they have an epilepsy disorder. Let me ask you, does epilepsy affect the whole brain or only certain areas? No. Epilepsy or seizure disorder usually starts in a small part of the brain, um, wherever that quote-unquote damage to the brain has happened and where the brain is not happy. That irritated part of the brain starts a seizure, but over a period of time, it can damage a larger part of the brain. And uh, we think this is related to, it is something when constantly there is a storm in your brain, you can imagine not just that area, but the area around it also gets, gets affected. And what we know is that if you leave seizures or epilepsy long enough, they will recruit other areas of the brain. So what was one point of seizure now has more than one points, more than one points of seizure. So that becomes a lot more difficult to treat. So to your question, is there only one part of the brain or more areas? Yes, initially there is just one part, but over a period of time, if left untreated, more parts of the brain can be recruited into this, into, into the epilepsy. And that's when it, things get a little difficult uh, treating them, uh, it's a lot easier and better outcome if the patients can be treated earlier. If if a patient is candidate for surgery, if you can do this, help them with surgery earlier, they tend to have a much better outcome than patients who have who have had decades of seizures uh, without without any treatment. Wow. Well, in terms of treatment, do most people? take medicine to control epilepsy? Yeah. So just like in most things in medicine, the first way to treat any problem is through medication, if that if you need it. Um, and about 60%, uh, 
uh, of patients can be controlled uh, with medication. It's about 35 to 40 percent of the patients in whom they cannot be controlled in medication. And that, that we can talk about what we do about them. But the first line of treatment is medication. It, when medication doesn't work, that's when we move to other uh, you know, non-medicine non related uh, treatments such as surgery or so. So is that the point where you would recommend someone maybe consult with a comprehensive epilepsy center if they have epilepsy that's not controlled with medication? Correct. Yeah. So, you know, usually uh, seizures or epilepsy can be very well controlled uh, by your by your primary doctor or say the, or your local neurologist. And they are very good at controlling, as we, as I said, you know, most seizures can be controlled with medication. Now, once, once you start to jump through those medication, and typically we say, if you have tried two medications, but you're still having seizures, that's the time when you should consider like a comprehensive epilepsy center like here at Upstate. And rarely, you know, you have patients who may be very well controlled on two medications or one medication, but the side effect of those medications are so bad that, uh, again, they may be candidates to be sent to comprehensive epilepsy center to try to try to change medications, or maybe, you know, they have reasons which maybe a surgery can help them better. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with neurosurgeon Harish Babu. He's a member of Upstate's Comprehensive Epilepsy Center team. So you've got a PhD in neuroscience, and then you've done training in neurosurgery all over the world, Los Angeles, Toronto, Australia. What about neuroscience or neurosurgery intrigued you so much that you committed your life to it? Yeah, uh, you know, the brain is an brain is an amazing organ. You know, it produces our thoughts, our emotions, our behavior, and and makes us who we are. Uh, and it not only does that, but also controls important functions like you know respiration, breathing, uh, heart rate, and it's complex organs. It's fast, and so the mysteries about brain is sort of intensified when you try to understand the brain, or or when you become a neuroscientist. And my general you know, philosophy is if you understand the system, you can fix it. If I want to fix the brain or let's say fix a problem such as an epilepsy, then I need to understand it. And the only way to do that is to know the brain in a more detail, uh, such as doing a PhD in neuroscience and understanding the brain better. Well, let me ask you, if, if medicines don't work or if the side effects are intolerable for a person and surgery becomes an option, can you talk to me about what people are good candidates for surgery and, and how the surgery is done? Mm -hmm. um, uh, people whom we can localize their seizures or epilepsy, by that I mean if there is one spot in the brain that generates their seizures and we can localize them, they are very good candidates for surgery. And by that I mean is that if we remove that part of the brain, that little small part of the brain that is generating seizures, theoretically, they should be seizure-free and they would be excellent candidates for surgery. And if the seizures are generated from more than one areas, then we would say that they are not ideal candidates for surgery. Now, this is not something that we can just say off the bat just by looking at a patient. We have to do multiple tests 
to say that. So surgery is not something that we take lightly, but it is one of the best options for curing a patient for, for epilepsy. Well, what are the sort of preparations that a patient would have before epilepsy surgery? I know you mentioned a lot of testing. Are there other things that you tell them to do in, to prepare? When a patient would come to a, a place like Comprehensive Epilepsy Center, uh, our goal would be, the broad goal would be to localize a seizure. And, and that includes, you know, um, includes a variety of tests, things like, you know, we would have them do a long-term EEG. That is, they would be in the hospital for one or two days, uh, trying to record continuously the brain waves. And so that we can, we can, record seizures that we may miss in the night or some other time uh, if they are happening. Uh, we can do uh, advanced imaging studies. Sometimes they can show the areas that might, that might uh, be involved in seizures. And sometimes we also do surgeries to localize a seizure, not really to remove the seizure, to localize a seizure, to know where exactly the seizure is coming from. Now, they are the candidates whom we think that potentially they will benefit from removing a small part of the brain where the seizure is coming from, but we don't know exactly where that is. So we would, we would do surgery to localize a seizure, and after that, we can remove that part of the brain that is causing a seizure. And obviously, we want to do that, keeping in mind that we don't want to remove an area of the brain that might be important for their memory, for their thought process, for their language, for speech, for movement, arms or legs. And we, we would do this, uh, all the tests to make sure that we don't hurt the patient. And our goal is just to remove the area of the brain that is causing seizures. Now, you said a small uh, piece of the mm -hmm. brain, like how small is small? Yeah, it can be anywhere from, from size of a pea uh, to two or three times that size. So that depends upon each individual, how, how where the seizures are coming from and what part of the brain is, is involved in. Uh, typically, most common uh, most common um, seizures are related to something called as temporal lobe epilepsy. Now, in that, the area of the brain, the hippocampus, and what we call as the medial temporal lobe is involved in, in seizures. For those, we would remove a relatively, uh, you know, bigger than a pea size uh, of the brain. And, and that that is done after, after, you know, doing several tests to make sure that that part of the brain is the one that causes seizure, and that does not have any other any other function attached to that part of the brain, uh, because seizures have so much damaged that part of the brain that they don't have any more function in that area of the brain. How long does an operation like you're describing take typically? Uh, it would be anywhere from um, uh, two hours to four hours, depending upon the location where we are operating. And how soon afterward would the patient? recognize a difference? Yeah, you know, some seizures uh, as a temporal lobe epilepsy from, from something called as an hippocampal sclerosis, uh, immediately after surgery, the next day, the, pe uh, the patient should see a difference as there are no seizures, they feel a difference. And in some, in some other parts of the brain, it can take a couple of months before they see a benefit from the seizure surgery. Now, are there minimally invasive options for doing this yeah. surgery? There are. Uh, so, uh, you know, which surgery and what surgery is uh, is best for a patient depends upon the risks and benefits for each procedure. Some patients, you know, the risk of doing an open surgery may be much higher. In those cases, 
we would recommend them doing this minimally invasive uh, procedure, which is putting uh, either a cat catheter or a small you know, small electrode down, and then and then sort of doing in what we call as a laser, using a laser to quote unquote burn the tissue that is causing seizures. In other patients, we may try doing some radio radio surgery, which is you know sort of burning the tissue again, but using radiation to do it. Now there is no one one treatment for everybody. Each patient is treated and in where they're exactly the seizures coming from, how the brain function associated to the seizure area is that decides on what exact modality of treatment would be best for them. And we would we would generally lay out all these to the patients and, and they definitely have, have a role in deciding what surgery they would like to go for and what are the benefits for them. Well, that's really, really good to know. Very informative. Thank you so much to Dr. Harish Babu. He's an assistant professor of neurosurgery and also the director of minimally invasive neurosurgery at Upstate and a member of Upstate's comprehensive epilepsy center team. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.